catch my breath. It was getting shallower and shallower, and I can remember saying to myself, I am dying. And then his blood pressure dropped. And I looked at the doctor and I said, what's wrong with him? His heart stopped. And he says, well, we need to intubate your husband right now, or else he could die. And then we start doing the chest compressions. Dean Braxton's system was shutting down. It started as a routine procedure to remove a kidney stone. Now he was dying. Dr. Manuel Irigi was on duty in the critical care unit at St. Francis Hospital in Federal Way, Washington. He explains what went wrong. As it turns out with, with him, the antibiotic that he received was uh, not good for the bacteria, he was resistant. Dean's body went into multi-organ failure and his heart flatlined. Dr. Irigi's team worked furiously to revive him. Dean's wife, Marilyn, prayed. I did say to the Lord, I said, Lord, you said in your word that you've come to give Dean life and life abundantly. And I claim that abundant life for him. At times, the unit was in chaos as they worked to save Dean's life. But he was experiencing something very different. I wasn't afraid. It was like, I'm going home. Dean believes he went to heaven. When I first entered in, it was just bright. It wasn't so much what I saw as much as what I experienced. The first thing I perceived was, everything is right. There's nothing wrong here. And I said, it's past peace. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible in Philippians, the fourth chapter, that says, peace past understanding. That's what's going on there. It's landscape, but more, because everything's alive. Nothing's dead. I don't mean just live like grass. I mean, it's intelligent, it can move, you know, it thinks. And someone says, well, that's way out there. It was way out there for me, you know, I'll tell you the truth. Dean says he felt like he was being pulled back into his body. Then he flatlined a second time. Again, he was in heaven. This time, he saw Jesus. The first thing that comes to me is he's bright, just like John says, he's brighter than the noonday sun. And the next phrase I say, I wish people could grab it, and it's this one and we can look at him. And what you're looking at is not so much the physical part of it. You're really experiencing the love he has for you. And I tell people it's, it's like he only loves you and no one else. I saw him communicating to angels. He would just look at them. Communication there was thought to thought. They would acknowledge his receiving his information, bow before him like this, and then back out. And it was like, wow. Dean admits he didn't want to come back. And I don't tell you the truth. I was happy. I was planning on staying, you know, and people always say, yeah, 
You know, didn't you love your wife and your children? Yes, I loved them probably more than I ever could. But I was thinking, you come here. You come here where everything is right. Then Dean saw family he hadn't seen in a long time. And yet, on the other side of Jesus was my family, my grandmother Mary, but with her were other relatives. And some I had recognized. I had been on this planet when they were here. But then there was generation after generation after generation after generation of those that accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that helped to produce me on this planet. They came to greet me in. And it was like, God. While Dean was in heaven, Marilyn continued asking God for a miracle. I purposed in my heart that whatever the outcome, I was going to follow God all the way. After an hour and 45 minutes, Dean came back with a weak but steady heart rate. But the bacteria had done a lot of damage, and he had to go on dialysis. I did not think he was going to survive. I, and I, in a way, I, I told his wife that, you know, now well, we have just to pray and, and wait because there's nothing else I can do. I believe in healing. I believe that God is a healer. And uh, I was trusting God for Dean's healing. Three days later, Dean woke up. He was so eager. We got to get people saved. We got to let people know about Jesus. Despite doctors' concerns that Dean's prolonged ordeal would leave him impaired or even worse, there are no signs that Dean even had a brush with death. He's the picture of health. In fact, the staff at St. Francis Hospital dubbed him the Miracle Man. It's a miracle that he's alive. There's no question about it. It is a miracle. Yeah, he's alive, that he's talking, that he has no brain damage. Uh, but but this, this is very exceptional because he was really, really dead for, for a long time. So what does a man do who's experienced heaven and still wants to be there? Dean says Jesus told him something that keeps his feet firmly planted. I felt like he was saying, I need you there, what did I need you here? And I came to understand then how important it was for me to complete what God had put me on this planet to do. The bottom line is, until I'm finished here, you know, and, and I cannot go back home. I tell people most of the time, I'm on my way home. Don't get me wrong, I'm on my way home. This is the pathway my father says I have to go to get home. Praise God. Amen. Such an awesome testimony, a miracle of God. And I wonder if we could stand this morning as I prepare to introduce our guest today. You know, such an awesome privilege to have uh, my good friend with us. We want to thank him for his service today, Dean Braxton. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Praise the Lord. You can have your seat. The Lord is good. If you're at the book table and you're looking for the prices of the books, they're in my hand here. I must have picked up all the books they put prices on to remind them how much things would cost. And so, um, it's just great to be here. You know, um, what you pointing back there for? Oh, you got that up there, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that guy right there. <laughs> you know. 
I got three, three other brothers. I'm the only one that went into the military, you know. It's ironic because we grew up in the military. My dad was an uh, uh, officer in the uh, Air Force. So he was a B-52 bomber navigator. And so I, I grew up in that environment. Matter of fact, I grew up in uh, Atwater, California. There's a, there was, used to be an Air Force base there called Castle Air Force Base. And he was stationed there, and he was a, he was a trainer. He, he taught other um, people how to um, be in those planes to navigate those airplanes. So that's what he did for a number of years. So um, is it gone yet? <laughs> you know, you don't want to look back because you're hoping it's gone, you know. <laughs> Why did you do that? We must be friends. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll um, you know, maybe the Lord will give me a picture of you. And uh, <laughs> well, thank you, Richard and, and Nancy. They, they're, yeah, we're growing really close together, and the Lord is doing that. He knows what he's doing. You know, I got several books back there in the back, and I don't want to go through all of them and, 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 and tell you in detail about them as much as just mention them to you. One's called In Heaven. It's the flag book. It's also in Spanish now, and so you can get it in Spanish. Um, so um, the Spanish ones we give away free due to the fact that someone's already donated a large amount of money to get these out into as many uh, Spanish um, areas as possible, those that speak Spanish, uh, so the Hispanic community. Uh, and so um, that one's back there, Deep Worship in Heaven. I'm hoping, I, I know I sent this to the church the last time, and I'm hoping you guys read it. I would encourage you to read it again, okay? You know, um, this is just give you a good view of what I experienced when I was with the Father and Jesus, and we all came around the throne of God to tell our Father how much we love him. I love to say it that way, you know what I mean? Because a lot of us don't really... Um, move into that realm. That worship time is really for your opportunity to come with your brothers and sisters and tell your father, I love you. That's all that is, you guys. You know. So um, deep worship in heaven. Um, what it feels like to die. Um, this book tells you what it feels like to die as a Christian. I'd always tell people, I can't tell you what it feels like to die as a person that doesn't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I can only tell you what it feels like to die as a person that has, that has known Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So this book goes into the detail on that. Um, I Need You There, Saint the King. It's a, it's a coloring book, um, really, um, for anybody, but usually for kids. It helps kids even grieve during the loss of somebody. But it tells you what I experienced when I was in the, with the Father and Jesus, and it's in, you know, a, a form that's a coloring book, storybook for kids and things like that. It's back there. And then last, we went over this in, in pretty much detail, a woman stand. This tells you what my wife did to get the results she wanted. She not only wanted her husband back on this planet, she wanted me totally healed of everything that went wrong with me. And for you that don't know that, you saw that video up there. I use that video in a number of ways, but one of the unique ways I get to use it, and I, and I keep on emphasizing it to the people here that live in this state, because this is not supposed to happen in your state. <laughs> You know what I mean? But that video, I get to go into your public high schools, and I get to um, show that video and then take question and answering from the kids. That's in your public high schools. No, California's public high schools. And the reason I'm pointing that out is because I know a lot of you don't think God is moving. He's moving. He's just not moving the way you think he should move. You know, uh, sometimes we think he should convert all the politicians, and then we'll get everything right. And he says, I'm going after the kids. We'll get things right. Somebody better hear what I just said. You know what I mean? Because once you get Jesus Christ on the inside of you, that's it. 
You can walk away all you want, but he'll come after you any old way. Do you understand what I mean? And the thing about it, once you get him on the inside of you, you know what's right and what's wrong. You can come up with all the excuses in the world, but it's on the inside of you now. And so that video, I get to go into your public high schools and be able to sh uh, share with your kids that are in, most of them never heard of Jesus anymore. You guys, it just, just doesn't happen. You just don't know. You're, you, when the old days, us that are older, yeah, Jesus Christ was very much put into the schools and mostly around Christmas time. It's not that way. Kids are not getting the same as, uh, uh, exposure to Jesus Christ like you did in the old days. So a lot of times just coming in there and talking about them, they're curious because they heard maybe or they think, but now they get to hear about Jesus and what he can do. Is that good news, you guys? I'm saying that for someone in the room because God is calling you to go into the schools more. Not just this body as a whole, but also you personally. I don't know who you are. You know who you are. If you want a word from God, there's a word from God. Okay? Don't go seeking it again. Don't go by asking somebody else. You got your word. You're supposed to be in the school. Okay? <laughs> you know, um, that video right there, one thing that I like about it, it, it's, it really points out that I died because that doctor was actually in the room. That wasn't an actor that was brought in to read something, or that wasn't a doctor that was told to read the reports and then give his opinion. That was the actual doctor that was in the room when my heart stopped for an hour and 45 minutes. And as you heard him, he said I was really, really dead. Now, you can look him up. His name is Dr. Rigge. Dr. Rigge in the state of Washington where this took place at was rated in the top 10 doctors at one time. Okay, he was rated as the number one patient care doctor. His credentials are solid. You know what I mean? He's not somebody off on the side. They got their own theories and things like that. He's a man that was respected in his community, still is respected in the community because he's still practicing. And what did he say? The man was really, really dead. As I said yesterday, I'll say again, I didn't know you could be really, really dead. According to the medical records, I was clinically dead for an hour and 45 minutes. That means I did not have oxygen or, or, or blood going through my body for an hour and 45 minutes. Okay? Yesterday, I covered um, pretty much what my wife did to get the results she wanted. She, she was the general. She was the one that was telling people how to approach this crisis in our family. And the way she was doing it, oh, you, you that weren't here yesterday, that's like the flag man that's telling you to slow down and think about it, okay? I also get points every once in a while when I do that on my uh, iWatch, you know? I used to have a Fitbit. It really counted the points, you know what I mean? This iWatch, it's making me work. <laughs> But the reality of it is that she was the general. She literally would tell people how to pray for me. And if you didn't pray for me the way she wanted you to pray for me, she told you, stop praying for me. And I know some of you right now are saying, well, it's a Christian. They're praying. No, not every Christian prays the way God wants them to pray. The Bible even says if you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. And if he hears you, you have your request. A lot of you don't ask things according to his will. Somebody better grab what I just said there. It was his will that I'd be back on the planet, but she was going to have to battle for me. So she made sure that people that were going to pray for me were going to be praying in his will. Not if it's your will, it's his will. There's a whole different thing. Do you guys hear me? And some of you need to stand on, it's your will. This is what you said. I'm standing on it. Some of you need to do it today. And I get this, that some of you need to do it because of your finances. Something's going on with people's finances in this body. And God is saying, you need to stand on his will. Okay? Now, I'm not saying this to, to brag about how God takes care of me and my wife. But I give a whole lot. 
You know, yesterday they gave out all those books. I give out a lot of these coloring books. I give out a lot of these books. Every time I go into the school, I give out all the in heaven books to all the kids that want them. Okay? I give a whole lot. Why do I give? Because I have that nature on the inside of me called the Holy Spirit, and he's a giver. It isn't Dean Braxton that just gives. It's the Holy Spirit on the inside of me that gives. You that are born again, you that know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, you that have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you are a giver. And you may say, well, you're talking about finances. I'm not just talking about finances. I'm talking about time. Time. Somebody in this room, you need to give more time. I'm just putting it out there. You know, yeah, you give a lot of resources. Yeah, you do this. Yeah, but time is what God is calling you to put into his kingdom right now. The harvest is plenty, but the labors are few. One of the biggest problems we have when I go into the schools, we don't have enough churches that come in to reap the harvest that we get from the kids raising their hands. You guys, you've been praying for California. You've been asking for God to do a great move. He's moving. Just because TBN ain't talking about it, just because uh, uh, the Christian Broadcasting Network's not talking about it, not just because uh, uh, Fox News is not talking about it, just because uh, uh, CNN is not talking about it, doesn't mean God ain't moving. He's never used them in the past. Why would he use them in the future? He moves because he's God. And so I just want you to understand that, that my wife, when, when, when this happened to me, what happened is I had a kidney stone stuck on the right side. It's called a kidney infection. When they blasted the stone, they gave me antibiotics to take care of it, but it didn't take care of it. So when they blasted the stone, they sent the poison into my bloodstream, and everything in my body started shutting down. According to the medical records, according to the medical records, according to the medical records, 29 different things went wrong with this body, and God healed all 29. And he didn't leave a residue. That's why they called me the miracle man. Because they could not take credit for it. You guys hear me. But that's your God. He wants to do things in your life, your life, your life. I'm talking to you right now. That is outside of your ability. Because he wants to get the credit. You know? I always think my wife said said that they said I would probably have brain damage and she looked at the doctor she didn't tell him off she didn't say I'm a Christian I don't believe that she didn't try to put him down because they were doing the best they could all she said is it doesn't have to be that way you have a God well no matter what the situation is it doesn't have to be that way so some of you got to grab onto this you can't leave this building this morning without knowing it doesn't have to be that way don't give in you know what I mean so I share that with you because yesterday I went in detail. One of the things I love to share to my brothers and sisters, I love to share this. Yes, I'm going to get about heaven, but you've got to understand what our Father did for us. You've got to understand what Jesus Christ did for us just to get there. Most of us in the room don't understand all the great things he did for us because I didn't understand all the great things he did for us. And it came with the package. The good thing about it, I didn't even have to believe he did all those great things. I still get to, re to receive them. One of the things that happened was when I was dying. I, I'm telling you guys this. This is Dean Braxton. I was dead. According to the medical records, out in 45 minutes. According to the doctors, really, really dead. Okay? I was dead. This body was not alive. But I can remember when that moment came upon me and I was dying. I went into the hospital for a simple kidney stone. I did not know I would go in there to die. I was not prepared mentally for death. 
Do you hear me? And the way I was dying, I was suffocating. My lungs were not operating. That poison had hit my lungs, and all of a sudden they were showing, slowing down more and more, and I was gasping for more and more air. And I remember thinking to myself, I almost drowned as a little kid. This is the worst way I want to die. Because I always used to go to God after I became born again and used to say to him, if I'm going to die, don't let it be suffocation. And here I am suffocating. And instead of me panicking, instead of me getting hysterical, instead of me freaking out, all of a sudden what rolls on the inside of me, it's inside of you too. It's inside of you too. It's inside of you. You born again, you know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. It's inside of you too. All of a sudden what rose up on the inside of me were these words, I'm going home. Joy, peace, comfort came all over me. If Richard would have known me back then, Pastor Richard would have known me back then and rushed down to the hospital to lay hands on me and try to pray for me, me and him would have had a fight. Because I was going home. Peace, joy, comfort came all over me, you guys. Many of you, I know, you're trying to prepare yourself to get there. You're born again. You know Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside. You already prepared. Some of you may say, I don't believe that. That's okay. You still get it any old way. It's not on your belief system, it's on what he said. I love this scripture that he, that he says in, in, in John, the 14th chapter, 1 through 6. I'm going to read it to you because it's pretty important to, that you hear it. First John, I mean, not First John, John 14, 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'll come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. There. There you may be also. There. There you may be also. If you're born again, whether you like it or not, you're going to heaven. You're going. Well, what about if I do this? What, you born again, you going. I'm just letting you know that. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where, where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's only one way to get there. That's Jesus Christ. There's no other way. I've had people try to get me to say, well, Dean, when you, is, what about if you're real good? I didn't come up with the requirements. I didn't come up. I, I received them, so I got to go. I always tell people when, when, when they try to say, well, did you really die? I said, yeah, I died. You can, say, you can say I didn't go to heaven, but you can't say I didn't die. But I was born again. I knew Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I had the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. Can you take these things? I know you thought that was part of the thing, huh? <laughs> I figured you'll give them away to people. They're yours to give away to people, okay? You give them away to people. If you need to keep them, you can keep them, but you can give them away. You don't have to do it right now. <laughs> but the bottom line, I'm so, uh, what do you say? Uh -uh. I'm so much a part of this body that I know you guys don't know me because you just see me for the first time, but I'm acting like I've known you forever. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, that's just the way it's going to be. You're going to have to get used to it. We're going to be together forever any old way. You know, I wish my brothers and sisters would stop fighting against each other because you're going to be with each other forever any old way. And, and the arguments you have against the other brother and sister, you ain't even going to remember. It's a temporal thing. You're an eternal being. That's a temporal thought. Somebody better grab what I just said there. 
But here it is. The Bible says the only way to get to get to be with the Father in Jesus is through Jesus Christ. There's, there, there's no other way. There's no other way. It's not my belief system. It's the way it is whether I believe it or not. My Bible even says every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's going to come out of your mouth sooner or later. It's better that it comes out here because there it is too late. You don't have to argue with people about this. This ain't your belief system. This ain't your religion. This is the way it is. The reason I went to heaven is because Jesus said that's what happens to Christians. Amen. He said, you're going to come where I am. Amen. Some people say, well, he didn't say heaven. Where is he? He's with the Father. Where's the Father? He in heaven. You gone whether you like it or not. You may have a whole different belief system about it. You can argue with him when you get there. But you're going to be glad you were wrong. You know? I left my body. I went to be at the Father and Jesus. It isn't that the body dies and the spirit leaves. It's the spirit leaves and the body dies. Sometimes people ask me, what was it like to die? I said, I don't know. I wasn't there. It comes with the package, you guys. I'm just letting you know it comes with the package. In James, the second chapter, the uh, 26th verse, it says, Faith without works is dead, just like the body is dead without the spirit. What does that tell you? The spirit has to leave first, and the body will die. And if you don't agree with me on that, think about Genesis, the first, I mean, the second chapter, where it says that man even became a living soul because God had to what? Put a spirit in it first. You guys got to grab what I just said there. Whether you realize it or not, you are not going to die. You're not even going to experience the sting of death. My Bible tells me in Hebrews, the second chapter, the ninth verse, but, he's, but we see Jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death. So that by God's grace, he would experience, experience, experience death on behalf of everyone. He's already experienced it for you. He experienced it so you don't have to. Some of you... I know you're working hard to get here. I'm trying to tell you, you're here. You're already here. Stop trying to work to get somewhere you're already at. It comes with the package. And the greatest thing I could say here this morning is, you can say, I don't believe you, Dean. And I say, that's okay. You get it any old way. It's not based off your belief system. It's based off what he says. Oh, this is good news now. You free. Some of you need to start acting like you're free. Seriously, you're free. Hebrews 2nd chapter 14 through 15 says this, Therefore, since the children share in the flesh and blood, likewise, he shared in their humanity, so through death he could destroy the one who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and set free those who were held in slavery, were held in slavery, they were held in slavery all their lives by their fear of death. He literally died on the cross so you would not fear to die. It comes with the package. It's in there. I really believe, uh, uh, Pastor Nancy, you know why I believe he did that? So that we could do the things he wants us to do on this planet without fearing what we consider the worst thing to happen. I was in South Carolina one time, and someone prophesied over me that the police were going to take me out in South Carolina and shoot me. And I was in an area, I'll be honest with you, where that was normal. I was preaching in a church that the, I was the first person of this color to preach in. Do you guys hear what I just said? All right. And the deacon of that church told me, told the pastor, he, don't, he, he would not put himself under no end. You know what the word end means. Okay. 
I didn't know he had said it, and I'd ask him to stand by me as I prayed for people. I even asked him, I said, will you pray? He said, I don't pray. I didn't know that he had said he ain't going to put himself under no end. He didn't say Dean. He called me the N-word. So I called him up, and he come and stand by me. Miracle after miracle took place. People after people's lives were changed. Come that fourth day I was there, all of a sudden, I became his best friend. But that area was known for people be getting, being missing. Do you understand what I mean? It's a swampy area. It was, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, northeast of Charleston, South Carolina. You go up there, it's in the woods. It's woods, you guys. Ain't little bitty woods, it's woods. Okay? There's all kinds of things back there. And I'm not talking about just animals. I'm talking about people. And the, and the pastor said, Dean, I see you driving back and the police pulling you over and taking you out in the woods and shooting you in the head. That's what they told me while I was there. I wasn't fearful, you guys. Why wasn't I fearful? Because I didn't have the fear of death, no. It wasn't a part of me. Matter of fact, I'll be honest with you. Before they pulled the trigger, I would have said thank you. Because I knew where I was going. I'm just putting that out there. It's inside of you whether you want it or not. It's inside of you, Danny, whether you want it or not. It's inside of you whether you want it or not. It comes with the package. You're prepared for that moment. I left my body. I went to be at the Father and Jesus, to be absent of the body, to be in the presence of the Lord. How fast was that? Faster than the speed of sound. That means faster than you're hearing my voice right now. Faster than light. Light is faster than sound. The best way for me to describe it is the way the Bible describes it. The, to be absent of the body is to be in the presence of the Lord. Faster than you can blink, I was there. And as I was leaving my body and going there, I remember leaving the hospital. Somebody asked me one time, he said, well, wasn't there an angel to take you? I said, I don't need one. I got the best GPS on the inside of me called the Holy Spirit. He knows how to get there. And he won't recalculate you. Is that good news, you guys? You know why I'm doing this? Because I want you to understand, you got a lot of this already. It's already on the inside. You that are born again, you that know Jesus Christ the Lord, you that have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, it's there already. You just need to act like it. We got work to do. And you guys are trying to get a lot of things you already got. Is that good news? So here I am, I'm leaving my body, I'm going to be with the Father and Jesus. And as I get into this area that's really dark, I see before me this window. It looks like a window. Is it a window? No. That's the best I can describe it. If you go in your Bible and you look at people trying to describe spiritual things, they use the word L-I-K-E a whole lot. It's like this. They don't say that's what it is. They say this is the closest I can come to describing it. That's the eternal world. This is a temporal world. How can you de describe eternal things in a temporal world? That's why I use scripture a lot, because I'm relying on the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. When I give you the scripture, you read it, and he'll take you even further. He wants you to know more. He wants you to know more. Is that good news? And it's not to come through Dean Braxton. It's to go through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Stop trying to go through somebody to hear what God wants you to hear. My Bible says you have the ability to go boldly to the throne of grace. So here it is. Time's almost up. I'll put it on right here. <laughs> Let me see. I didn't get too many steps, though. That's <laughs> my time's up, but I guess.
you know. So here I am, I'm leaving, and I'm going there, and these lights are passing me by on both sides. They're passing me by like I'm standing still. What were they? They were the prayers that people were praying for me and others. This morning as we were singing and as we were lifting our voices to the Lord, by the time you're thinking about what you're singing, your, your voice has already been there a while. See, my father tells me something in the word, and it's found in 1 uh, Peter 3, 3.12. For the eyes of the Lord on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayers. He wants to hear from you. You were created to talk to them whether you realize it or not. And if you go to Genesis, the second chapter, when man was created, he was given a mouth and a voice. This is before a woman was created. And why did he give man a mouth and a voice? I'll tell you why. To talk to him. Your very mouth was created to talk to God. Your very voice was created for God. I've never said this, but I'm going to say it now. Many of you this morning, you got up and you started doing all kinds of other things before you used what your mouth and your voice was really created for. Please, don't do it again. Don't do it again. Talk to him first. Let him hear your voice first. Let him see your mouth open for him first in the morning, and then go on and do what you need to do, because it was created for him. That's why your prayers were passing me by. If you gave me a head start that day, uh, May 5th, 2006, and I left my body and you started praying, your prayers would have beat me there. Is that good news, you guys? When I entered into heaven, everything in heaven was glad I was there. Someone will say, what do you mean by everything was in heaven? Everything's alive. There's nothing dead. My Bible tells me in Nehemiah, the ninth chapter, that God is the God of life. He creates life. Whether you like it or not, everything's alive. He doesn't know how to create death. That's why he's residing on the inside of you. You're supposed to be a life giver. Your very presence, your very touch is life-giving. Even when you don't realize you're giving life to somebody because you're born again, know Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. When you touch somebody, it's life-giving. You guys better hear what I'm saying. You don't always have to say something, just a handshake. I'd love to hug, you know, and I know what I'm doing. I'm transferring this life to that person. If they're born again like Richard and Nancy are, they're transferring that life to me. That's what's happening there. And I know that we had coronavirus and people start staying away from each other. Well, you didn't have to do it. You could just talk to them and life is going. Do you guys hear me? I'm just putting it out there. I'm seeing God using this church and this community in a, in a greater way than it's ever been used before. Yesterday I told people that at my dad's house when he was going to be with the Lord in 2017, I heard the Lord in an audible voice tell to, say this to me, I want California. It's no accident I'm here in your midst right now giving you that message because you're supposed to be a part of that movement. You're supposed to be a part of the movement of California coming to Jesus. The golden state becomes what it's supposed to be, a, a, a paradise for people to know Jesus. And I know some of you right now are saying, that's impossible. That's good, because it was impossible for me to be back on this planet. It was impossible for me not to have brain damage. It was impossible for my kidneys to start operating again. I can keep on going on. My toes had died, and they were going to cut off all 10 of my toes because they were dead. 
Because when you don't have blood going to your body, things start dying. It's called you move into that next phase called you being biologically dead. And my toes were gone. And they were going to cut my toes off. But it was impossible. God healed all ten of my toes. I didn't have to take medication for it. He just did it. He's in the impossible. So stop looking at it like, God, I don't know how you're going to do this. Yeah, you're right. You don't know how he's going to do it, but he's going to do it. And you're part of it. Tag, you're it. You know, I could keep on going on, but my time's up and I want to share. We've already set up. Can I tell them? We've already set up for me to come back next November. All right. Now, let me tell you how we're going, we're going to do it. I'm coming for a whole week. All right. And the, and the reason I'm coming for a whole week because I want to get into your schools. I want to get into your high schools, to be honest with you. I want to get into the juvenile justice system here. Do you hear me? I, I want to reach as many people, and I want this place to be the place where God hones that all in. Yes, you'll work with other bodies in this community. Don't get me wrong. But this is where the epicenter is. You know what that is. You live in, in, in California. You know about epicenters. Let's start the quake here. Seriously. Let the coronavirus keep on moving on. Let's start an earthquake here. I'm going to ask Richard, come on up. You guys don't know how much I want to pour into you right now. You know, but the time right now is, is cutting that short. Can I tell them what I'm going to do in the next service? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know if it's going to cause a trouble in the parking lot. I'm doing question and answering the next service. This morning, God told me to do a presentation. And this, the next service, if you have a question that you want to ask me, I'm going to take question and answering the next service. The longest I've ever been in a place to take question and answering, we ain't doing it here, okay? It's six and a half hours. Six and a half hours, people ask me questions. I'm just letting you know that. And you probably say, why did you stand there or, uh, or sit there for six and a half hours? Because I think it's this way. How often do you get to really ask someone that's gone through this experience? And I really believe this stronger than ever. My Lord, when he said to me, no, it's not your time, go back, he knew everybody I was supposed to meet. For you, it's just, you're just meeting me. For me, I'm supposed to meet you. You know? I'm supposed to know you. I'm supposed to shake your hand. I'm supposed to put my hand on your shoulder. I'm supposed to say something to you. Do you guys hear me? For you, it's just, oh, yeah, I have to. No, I'm supposed to know these two. I'm supposed to. You know? So don't pat me on the back and say, Dean, you're doing a great thing. I'm just doing what my father wants me to do. And he wants me to be a part of what's ever going to take place here the best way, even if that means not speaking, because I still get to go to heaven. Some of you got to grab what I just said there. It's not on performance, it's on him. Richard, you want to come on up here? Nancy, I don't know if you want to come up here or not. A... 
this isn't a performance, you guys, because I found out um, you don't get me into heaven, Jesus does. I don't have to perform, okay? And, and I, love, I love this lady so much. I, I already call her... I already call her my sis, you know. I don't, I don't call everybody sis, but I call her sis, you know what I mean? That means we're, we're sister and brother. That, I, and I'm the, I'm the younger brother, you know what I mean? <laughs> she, she keeping me out of trouble, you understand what I mean? Some of you, I, I, I grew up with, with brothers, so I, I, so I didn't grow up with sisters. So when I get a sister, boy, do I enjoy that. I told her yesterday, I said, Nancy, if I'm going over boundaries, just tell me. Doesn't mean I won't keep on going over them, but she can tell me. <laughs> Go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you here this morning for what you've done and what you're going to do in our lives. Father, today I praise you for my brother who has testified about his experience in heaven. Father, that urgent message to bring to us here on this earth that heaven is real and that through your son, Jesus Christ, that it's prepared for everyone who accepts him as their Lord and Savior. I pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus that as you prepared the hearts of men and women here this morning, that you would challenge those who do not know you this morning to respond to your love and to this message of grace and mercy today, I pray in the name of Jesus right now for those who are hurting, those who may be searching, those who are filled with fear in their lives that they don't need to fear anymore, dear God, that they would respond. Because your word says you haven't given us a spirit of fear to be in bondage again, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And I pray right now that, in Jesus' name, those would be prepared to respond by the Holy Spirit. As our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed this morning, I wonder if there's anyone here today who says, Pastors, this morning, I need God in my life. I need a miracle in my life. I need help this morning. I want to know God's love in my life. Would you allow us to pray with you this morning? We thank you for being with us. Would you allow us to just thank God for you today by just slipping your hand up and putting it right back down wherever you might be and you say, Pastors, this morning I need God. I need a miracle. I need help today because I'm struggling. I'm lost. And I need direction today. Would you just slip up your hand and put it right back down? We want to say thank you and thank God for you being here today. Anyone, before we move on with the rest of this service. Hallelujah. Praise God. Can we all stand this morning as we're all born again. We're all here this morning loving Jesus, serving God. This morning, there may be some here who are, have been fearing death. It's been a stronghold in your life. Maybe fear has gripped you, has overpowered you in some area of your life, maybe of what you may be facing next week or next month or even tomorrow. There's a situation, there's a circumstance 
that you don't know how to handle it, and the enemy is giving fear over your life. Well, in Jesus' name, this morning, that fear is going to be broken. I need for you to come to this altar, and we're going to pray and believe God for the victory over that fear. If that's you here today, and there's fear in your life about some situation, something, some news you've gotten, whatever it might be, I want you to come this morning, and we're going to believe God together by faith that is going to be cast out. That fear is going to be broken that the enemy wants to keep you in bondage to. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name this morning, we are going to take authority and dominion over every aspect uh, of whatever it is uh, that is controlling your life. Maybe there's some things that you're afraid of letting go. You're afraid to let them go. God will be there with you. He'll never leave you, never forsake you. Let those things go in your life that you think you need because you're afraid if you do, what's going to happen? Maybe there's some people that you need to let go of that you know are holding you back. You need to come and let God begin to give you peace about those decisions you need to make today. God is here. The waters are being stirred for healing right now. Won't you come and step out as we worship this morning?
We give you glory today, Father. We thank you. Hallelujah. You know, Pastor Dan's going to come up right now and pick up the offering, but I just want to let you know that what you received this morning, the Word of God, but it was an appetizer. How many know what an appetizer is? Before your meal, you have an appetizer. This was the appetizer for what's going to be taking place at 11 o'clock in this service. If you want to come back, I want to encourage you to come back because there are questions you may want, you have, you may want to know about where you're going to be going when that time comes. This is the place to be to find out the answers of what it's going to be like. So I'm just letting you know, giving you a heads up, the main course is going to be coming at 11 o'clock. Praise God. Give God praise. Pastor Dan, you come. Amen. Aren't we blessed this morning? Let's give God praise one more time this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are worthy to be praised. Man, I'm telling you, I love the Word of God. I love what God's Word does in our lives. Amen. Oh, the peace, the peace that God gives. Thank you, Brother Dean, for the obedience to the Lord. Amen. And bringing this word to us this morning. The book of Luke, chapter 16, as we pick up this morning's offering, verse 10, it says, If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. I mean, oh, that's true. It goes on to say in verse 11, it says, And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? You see, this is what I love about God is that, you know, it's more than money. It's more than just finances. The Word of God talks about worldly wealth, and it talks about the true riches of heaven. Two totally different things. What is worldly wealth? Well, worldly wealth is things that you cannot take with you to heaven. <laughs> that money you've been searching after, you can't take it with you to heaven. That's nothing. That doesn't even matter in heaven. God says, I give you, I, I'm, I'm going to give you true riches. That's a relationship, a perfect relationship with God the Father. This is what God wants. This is what God desires from each and every one of us. Amen? So let's invest, amen, this morning into, into all the great things that God is doing here right now. Amen? But never forget, amen, that you are storing your true riches in heaven. Amen? As you, as you continue to... to uh, be who God has called you to be, because God is a giver. We know this. God seeks for us to be that same individual in everything that we do as we bow our heads this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity, an opportunity to invest our finances that you have enabled us to receive, to invest into your kingdom building. Lord God, all the great things that you are doing here, Lord God, through each and every ministry. Lord, the word that you have given to us this morning, Lord. Lord, we know, Lord God, that our finances can be used to further, to further your kingdom building here on earth. Father God, I pray that you would multiply as only you can do. Lord, we thank you that you, we know that you are going to provide for every single need. Even those needs that we don't even know about, but you do. We thank you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In Jesus' name we pray. The church says, amen and amen.
This morning, don't forget, our brother Dean will be selling his books right here in the back. Um, and, and our first-time visitors, please join us in our lounge. We want to get to meet you, amen, right, right uh, at this moment, amen. Uh, be safe leaving this morning. God bless. You are dismissed.